Top of the morning, Bird Gang. Welcome into another episode, the season finale of the Morning Scramble presented by Verizon Wireless. I'm your host, Felipe Corra Jr., joined by the great Jody Jackson, Cardinals insider Craig Grillo, and ex-Arizona Cardinals offensive lineman Rolando Cantu. The Cardinals finished the season 11 and 6, second in the NFC West, fifth in the NFC, but that all got overshadowed by an early postseason exit, losing to the Los Angeles Rams in the first round of the wild card, 34-11. A lot, a lot, a lot to digest on this specific episode. We're going to personalize this and call it our own venting session because I know it's a tell of two seasons. I know you guys are going to touch on it. They start 7-0. They finish 1-5 and in their last six games. So much good, you know, so much bad at the same time. It was just, you know, my mind's a little bit wary you know, with the with the way the season ended, with the way the season went throughout the season. At one point, I remember celebrating seven consecutive victory Mondays. I was so hyped. Then we were tending to at some point. Then the squad, obviously, the way the season ended, not necessarily the best taste in your mouth. Let's get into the main dish. We'll start off with you, Jody. Would you like? What didn't you like? Tell me, tell me, vent, please. You know, we haven't seen a tamale or any kind of uh, a, a breakfast food from Rolando or any kind of meal in weeks. And it's just been very disappointing. Yeah. Look, you know, Felipe, I think you said it. Um, it just the beginning was overshadowed, unfortunately, by what we saw late. And what we saw on Monday night, it shocked me. I don't know why maybe I should not have been that shocked because we saw signs. I think a lot of what I was concerned about was a little bit repaired in that Dallas Cowboys game. That's kind of the game, you know, 25, 22 over the Cowboys that I saw enough there to diminish, you know, the one and five down the stretch after 10 and two, but this was a team that overcame during the season, you know, the loss of, you know, out of the gate, you know, Malcolm Butler and, um, you know, then J.J. Watt, then Kyler Murray went down, then DeAndre Hopkins, which was one that I think we'll find that they really didn't overcome very well. But this team had some resiliency early on, which is why it's really hard to figure out what happened. And I think that what we saw on Monday night was a situation where the Rams came out and won that first few minutes of this game physically and, and the Cardinals just didn't recover. And, and that was what was so shocking about it. So there is a lot to digest. I know we're going to go through a lot of it here. And while you celebrate the start of the season, I think it really, that's the hard part. I mean, all of that happened. It all did exist. It was all real. But then you get to this point and you're, you kind of forget about it because it didn't end up in um, in a playoff win or at least a good playoff showing. I think we all can agree the matchup with the Rams was not the best. I mean, I wish that Seattle game had, ha I hate to go back, but that's what we're doing here, right? You're going to let me go back. You know, I wish they had approached that game a little bit differently. I know it worked out. You can't control what's happening in the other game, but the way that it worked out, if the Cardinals could have won that game, which they lost at 38, 30, you know, you get it, you get a better matchup, but it, it is revisionist history now. And so Felipe, um, there's a lot to dig through. It was disappointing. It was disappointing the way a number of players played, um, the way the team came out and they all, you know, a lot of guys have to look themselves in the mirror, but namely Kyler Murray, uh, namely Cliff Kingsbury. I mean, it just goes throughout the entire organization. They have a lot of players that are free agents. So there's going to be change. That's only natural in this business. Um, but you know, it's not to say this team can't do it in the future, but they do have to make some major adjustments. Craig, it seems like we're back at this point once again. Obviously, you know, we saw the collapse last year and then something way, way similar this season. 
And, and the reason I said it was a roller coaster of a season is because, you know, the Cardinals had numerous injuries throughout the season. You know, J.J. Watt, DeAndre Hopkins, just a, the two that come to mind, obviously. But they also dealt with COVID issues. You saw Chandler Jones, D.J. Humphreys, Marcus Golden all missed time. Cliff Kingsbury missed time to due to COVID. Just a roller coaster of emotions, but at the end of the day, all of that, like we mentioned, gets overshadowed by that Monday night performance in the playoffs. You know, where are your thoughts right now? You talk about a roller coaster. I mean, it went straight up and then straight down. That's what this 2021 season kind of looked like on paper. Guys, 11 wins is not supposed to feel like this. 11 wins, that's a pretty darn good number but how did you get to 11 wins is what we're all trying to figure out and rationalize because at one point 10 and 2 with a 95 percent chance to win the nfc west and here we are a week after wild card weekend and there is no more season so they need to look themselves in the mirror and i'm talking about everyone coaches players because you're gonna get beat you're gonna lose some games but not to be competitive as they were on Monday, that is what's going to stick with a lot of people, a lot of fans, all of us here on the Morning Scramble, because that's what we're going to remember from 2021. And that's unfortunate, but we're not going to get past it until 2022 starts, and maybe not even until the month of December, to figure out, to your point, Felipe, how this team finishes a season under head coach Cliff Kingsbury, because now in back-to-back seasons, they haven't finished. Great start, awful finish, and that is leaving a bad taste in everyone's mouth. But yes, you make the playoffs, that should be the goal every year, but one and done, especially that way, that's that's really, really hard. You got me stressing, Craig, as soon as you said that like, you're going to have to wait till basically next well the, this upcoming <laughs> yeah. December like you're telling me I gotta wait about 10 months 11 we'll, months we'll get excited there will be things that are happening there'll be new pieces new additions and yeah. we'll all get excited yet at the same time what's going to be the narrative everyone's gonna say great but that looks great but so that's that's what I'm looking ahead to now that's something that you got to keep in the back of your mind. But no, I'll I'll be right there with you, Felipe, about getting excited once free agency hits, the draft, off-season <laughs> workouts, training camp. But we're always going to have that in the back of our minds going, okay, this is great. How do you finish 2022? Well, and I think part of that is just the excitement of what we did all season long on this show, too. And you, and you think, you know, never take for granted how hard it is to do what they did early. And you need that. You need that they needed every bit of that equity, right? That, that uh, deposit in the bank of here's the 10 wins. Um, but yeah, I think what you're Craig, what you're saying is yeah, next year, if they're fortunate enough and skilled enough and well-coached enough to put up a great first half again, or even first three quarters, you're still going to be, you're going to be a little skeptical, right? All the fans, everyone, okay, what happens next? So it's just an interesting position to be in. Felipe, guys, uh, Seven and all, we're stacking pancakes. We're making egg sandwiches in the morning. Even the tamales came out early this season for tamales season. I mean, the expectation was high. Seven and all, we're 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 all filling here on the screen. We're like, okay, this is this is gonna be a, a you know a walk in the park for us in December, and it was not. And I think I feel and I agree with everybody that that's uh, said towards the end. What happened towards the end? They have to figure that out uh, totally because you cannot have that much talent on the roster and just kind of finish this way. 
Yes, the intention and the goal is to get into the tournament, get into the playoffs. But once you're in there, you better make sure your best pieces play at a high level. And that just didn't happen. That's where I, I share the, the the feelings with with Craig. Like, where was everything we saw in the first part of the season? That that never came back. And once it didn't come back, I think everybody from the Red Sea to us, you know, being a part of the organization was like, okay. So when is this going to change around? When is it going to turn around? And you're right, Jody. The Dallas game, I celebrated. You know, I I got on their social media. I'm like, okay, we're back at it. But we didn't. We didn't get back at it. So I think towards the end, Felipe, you know, the way this ended has really put a, a dent in 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 the feelings that that we have towards, you know, going into the offseason. But it has to change. You guys are right. Moving pieces are going to start. They already started, guys. I'm sure they, they, they already have a game plan to kind of attack, you know, um, just right after the Super Bowl. So it's going to be interesting what the team does, for sure. And, Craig, I know you're going to touch on it in our next segment, but, you know, this team dealt with numerous of injuries, numerous of COVID cases, and they still performed well. You know, if there's one win that comes to mind, given all those circumstances, it was that win against mm-hmm. the Browns. But for the offense to really underperform, missing one specific guy, that was what was alarming to me, Craig. An offense or a defense should not be reliant on one single player. And that goes for the quarterback. But when you lose a DeAndre Hopkins, and I thoroughly thought that this team would be able to be okay. You're not going to be great, but be okay. They went 2-1 and one without him in the middle of the season. Colt McCoy was the quarterback. Now you have Kyler Murray as the quarterback without his number one wide receiver. you got to be able to figure out a way. Other teams do it. The Titans lost Derrick Henry for almost half the season, yet they were still the number one seed in the AFC. So it is possible. Injuries, COVID, they're going to happen. How do you deal with that? How do you handle it? And I think we saw specifically at the wide receiver position and then injuries in the secondary, sometimes too many injuries can certainly derail a position group and as much depth as this team did have at cornerback it certainly um, did not sustain that towards the end of the regular season all right y'all that'll do it for our venting session our main dish we got it all off our system out of our system i should say but let's get into some good let's get into the mvp let's get into our that's my jam who impressed you the most uh jody there's so many worthy candidates so shoot me what you got well i feel like i i took the guy with um that maybe everyone would uh maybe the majority of people and and i know you guys obviously have other candidates here but James Conner for me, um, you know, and look, I, I know Kyler Murray put up big numbers all season long, but if you look at the entire body of work, James Conner not only had the numbers, he had 15 rushing touchdowns, he had three receiving touchdowns, but he embodied a spirit to this team of physicality and toughness and the ability to go up above and beyond. I mean, when he came over, we were all still learning a little bit more about him. Um, he's only 26 years old and yet, you know, he was a little up and down with Pittsburgh and then he comes over here all of a sudden, you know, he becomes a a pass catcher as well. He showed that physicality to get those short yardage. What were we talking about last year, guys? Short yardage. How are you going to get better in those situations? How do you, how do you become more physical? Um, they did not, that with bringing Rodney Hudson in, we did see a lot of uh, attrition with the offensive line, but James Connor brought it every single time and we'll never know how injured he was in that game. 
Um, he was obviously battling a heel injury for the final part of the season. And then we saw the helmet come into the ribs in that Seattle game, which he played extremely hard in that game, trying to help the Cardinals, you know, win that one. But, you know, I, you can't argue with the numbers. I'll go through them because uh, as an MVP, if I'm name if I'm naming him, my MVP, uh, 202, uh, 202 rushes, 752 yards, the 15 touchdowns, 37 catches, 375 yards, three TDs um, as far as a receiver. And, you know, you all, we all watched him. The fans all watched him. He had a nose for the end zone, the ability to get up the field, uh, you know, no dancing around, no shying away. And, and, you know, that's what was also hard to see. I mean, obviously they never got into this um, game with the Rams. They never got into any kind of rhythm where they could start running the ball, but he also, you know, the, the times that James Conner was running it, there was just no room right there, whether it was, you know, we know what the Rams D line and what the Rams front seven did, but it doesn't diminish for me the, what I thought of what James Conner brought. And uh, we'll talk about later, maybe the future with him, but um, for me, he's the guy that uh, set a tone physically all season long. And uh, Craig, how about you? Well, you want to talk about numbers, Jody. How do you measure the true value of a person or a player? What happens when they're not around? And I alluded to it earlier, but my MVP is DeAndre Hopkins. Numbers, Jody. Eight and two with DeAndre Hopkins. Seven times they had 30 or more points in those 10 games. Three and four without... Only twice in those seven games did they score 30 or more points. And then where they really missed DeAndre Hopkins, especially down the stretch, was inside the red zone. Seven of Hopkins's eight touchdowns, which, by the way, led the team. Seven fewer games than Christian Kirk. Six fewer than A.J. Green. But inside the red zone, this team was 66% with Hop. Without... 48%, and they were just 4 of 13 over the last four games, one of those being a win against the Dallas Cowboys. This team relied way too much on DeAndre Hopkins, and that cannot happen moving forward. As great as he is, excellent. But if you are going to miss him, and I don't think no one plans to miss games, no one plans for injuries, but you have to have a backup plan. So moving forward, this team needs to figure out what to do if they are missing their key offensive weapon as far as a pass catcher is concerned. So great when DeAndre Hopkins was around, not so good when he wasn't. So my MVP for the 2021 regular season, DeAndre Hopkins. That's my choice. What about you, Rolando? Well, my choice is going to be a guy that that ended the season in, in the most awful way that you could possibly end it in a, in a cart headed towards uh, the tunnel in an ambulance. I got to, I got to go with Buddha Baker. And let me tell you why Buddha at the start of the season knew that most of his guys were going to be newcomers to his unit. Right. And he was the glue. He had to make sure that he was physically okay, that he was mentally ready to guide these guys and, and kind of point them in the right direction. And I saw that from Buddha. Uh, from the get-go, I think his soft voice, the, the way this guy, you know, communicates to these to these uh, uh, cornerbacks and safeties on the roster is, is incredible. We saw it during training camp from the sidelines. There was just a hands-on kind of technique from Buddha, not only being, you know, the leader and the captain of his defense, but also being like a coach on the field. This guy really wanted to make sure that these guys were ready and to play. 98 tackles, 63 solo, 
I mean, he had that pair of, of, of sacks, impressive sacks, when uh, Vance Joseph dialed up the, the safety blitz. And then he had those three interceptions throughout the entire year. He kept it together. For me, a guy that, that does his work, does his job at a high level, gets selected to the Pro Bowl as a starter, and also has his guys, you know, right next to him, ready to elevate and kind of just be on the same page. I think Buda Baker for sure uh, is my MVP of the season. Obviously, that hit, you know, one-on-one against Cam Akers, it was a, a legit hit. You got to make sure that, you know, sometimes you win the you Sometimes Buda Baker has won most of these hits, guys, throughout his entire career. This time around, it's just the wrong angle. Uh, he he had to go down a little bit, but we're, we're glad he's okay. He's going to be a big component to the rebuild in the offseason and see where this defense leads up. But I like the way Buda handled uh, his entire business this year. And I think he's going to be the, he's going to be one of those guys. One of, he's already the, a, a core guy. He's going to be one of those core guys that you'll see more, more involved in, 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 in the defense and, and also just kind of pushing forward to make this thing right. What about you, Felipe? Yeah, I'm going to end it with what I feel like is the most obvious one. So I wanted to give you guys the, the knit and grits. I wanted to hear your perspective on all these other key guys. But I'm going to go with Kyler Murray, obviously, because you don't get to 11-6 and six without going 7-0, and 0, without going 10-2. and 2. Uh, And in those first seven weeks, I mean, I feel like everybody was talking about Kyler Murray being the clear-cut MVP favorite in, in those first seven weeks. I mean, career high in completion percentage. He decreases interceptions. He's reading defenses uh, much better. He improved against zone def defenses specifically throughout the course of the season. And although people wanted to see more of him in these last couple of weeks, I also think he improved when it came to leadership. I know that was one of the biggest things that people were knocking him for heading into the season. And if you saw his wireds throughout the season, if you saw, well, a Adrian Wilson was talking about his leadership style on the Dave Pash podcast. All these people talking about Kyler Murray being a leader, how he's an alpha, how in Zach Gertz's uh, words, he's one of the greatest quarterbacks he's ever played with. That all speaks volumes to Kyler Murray. Now we do need to see him elevate his game even more. When you don't have your number one receiver, when your back's against the wall, when you know, all the pressures on you. That's where I want to see him elevate his games because, you know, you see the greats do it. The Aaron Rodgers of the world. You know, Aaron Rodgers came into Arizona and beat the Cardinals without his top two, three receivers. Tom Brady, you saw what he did against the Eagles in the first round of the wild card without Chris Godwin. Obviously, we know what, hap what happened with, with Antonio Brown, and he still was able to pull his team out uh, with the victory. So that's the type of evolution that I want to see from Kyler Murray moving forward. All right, y'all, that'll do it for our That's My Jam, our MVPs for the Cardinals this season. Let's move on to our newcomers, our rise and shine. Those newcomers to the Arizona Cardinals that really, really impressed us. Jody, what you got for me? Well, there are a bunch. We go back to, you know, guys that came in as, as rookies or as free agents first part of the season. But then you've got a guy, which is my choice, like tight end Zach Ertz, who came over from Philadelphia, um, a proven guy in this league, one of the top tight ends in this league, um, can immediately give your offense a spark. Obviously the, um, the reason for this was Max Williams going down and how big a part of the offense that he was going to be for Cliff Kingsbury. So it was a real, you know, it, it was such a bummer when Max Williams went out, um, he had fought so hard to get healthy and then to see him go out and then for Steve Kime to go out and get Zach Ertz. So he brought not only checked all the boxes, right? Because he does everything well on the field, 
Um, and then he brings that leadership, a guy that has one, a guy that can help younger players or, you know, help Kyler Murray for that matter. So I'm going with Zach Ertz. Um, I believe once DeAndre Hopkins went down, you know, he was the top target getter. Um, and he finished with, with the Cardinals, 56 catches, 574 yards and three touchdowns. Um, again, though, it, I feel like when we're diagnosing the problems with Kyler Murray and the passing game, you know, you still have to figure out why did that red zone, um, why was it so difficult for them to score in, in those situations when they got down there in the red zone and you thought Zach Ertz would be, um, the key to that, but Hey, he gave, he gave this team a shot. Um, to continue what they were doing offensively. Sure, you would have liked. I thought he was going to be a big key in that Rams game, but uh, the entire uh, offensive unit just couldn't get anything done with that pressure that they were dealing with. And um, it didn't happen, but glad, so glad Zach Ertz came over here. We heard in his final presser, just words of wisdom, uh, words of leadership, and something that can go a long way. I hope we see him back. I know um, it seems like he'd like to come back, so we'll see what happens there, but uh, he was a great addition to this team, and I'm not sure they even get where they uh, did get without him the way that he came in. Uh, Craig, how about you? Newcomer of the year for you. Let me just add, if you haven't had a chance to hear or watch Zach Ertz on his exit interview on Tuesday, go to azcardinals.com. But I think, to your point, Jody, he gave a pretty honest assessment of how the season went, even though he wasn't here for the whole year, but spoke in glowing terms of both the head coach and the quarterback. And yeah, I do think he would like to come back. Uh, we'll have to wait and see on that. But as far as newcomer of the year, I'll go with where uh, maybe Rolando might have gone uh, if he had beaten me out because I know he likes the offensive lineman and this gentleman touches the football every single play. But Rodney Hudson and the ability to acquire an all-pro center, I think, did wonders, not only for the offense, but for the quarterback himself and helping Kyler Murray take that next step here in year three. And then you look like with DeAndre Hopkins. Rodney Hudson, when he was playing, nine and three when he wasn't cardinals were two and three now you can look at those numbers a number of different ways depending on which player you single out but when the head coach calls you a security blanket when he calls you the glue um, i think we all need to kind of look up and, and realize because you can't look at an offensive lineman and look at numbers you, there's no stats at the end of the game as far as what they able to accomplish outside of did they keep the quarterback clean um so Big picture for me of the entire season. I know it was kind of a little, little rough down the stretch as far as the offensive line play, but overall, I think Rodney Hudson is a huge addition, not only for this season, but moving forward for the Arizona Cardinals. So Rodney Hudson is my newcomer of the year here this season. What about you, Orlando? Well, great newcomers. And yes, Craig, you did beat me out. You, you shot the text like 30 seconds before I did. So thank you for that. But I have, a, I have, a, I have the best newcomer, guys. J.J. Watt. Let's go. I mean, this guy was a, was a high-profile addition in the offseason. Everybody's like, okay, does J.J. have it? How much are you paying him? Does he, I mean, this guy is injury-prone. And yes, he was in with the team, you know, a, a bunch of games. But the way this guy just stepped into the leadership role. And let me be clear on this. A lot of guys want to become leaders and are not. It's different. If you're in the locker room and you try and do the pump up and, and the rah-rah type of speech and nobody reacts to it, that's not your role. JJ, the first day he came in there, he sat him down, he talked to him. And I think 
everybody adapted to what was going to be happening here in the desert. I like JJ from the get go. And when he was on the field, yes, he had those big, you know, braces on the, the elbows and the shoulder and everything. But this guy was giving you all all his might. And, and, and we saw that on the run game uh, in the first couple of weeks. Yes, he gets hurt against his old teammate and then comes back from a surgery that was practically, you know, impossible to come back in the time he did. So just the way he approached his rehab it just tells you how much how much desire there is and how much you know talent and, and respect there is towards the Cardinals because the Cardinals trust his ability to come back. So I think for for sure, you know, when when he was in there, he was he was writing solid. I I really did like his uh, his presence and the intensity level he was bringing into that entire defensive unit. Then besides that, we saw him in training camp. He was also a little touched with injury uh, stuff and. And he was right there in the year with Zach with Zach Allen. Every single play during training camp, he was he was he was kind of telling them what to do. You know, correct this, do this, and do that. And we saw it. Everybody got elevated from that defensive line. I think for sure they're a better unit with JJ Watt. For me, the newcomer of the year, number one, Ronnie Hudson. Number two, JJ Watt. I think for sure the Cardinals have a, have a great uh, veteran and captain in that defense that he's just have to play more games that's it and if you listen to jj watts pressure you know the week of the uh of the first round he was describing like what happened to his shoulder and then he he was it was like he he tore it in half and he tore like his rotator cuff or tear i don't know it was like so much that when he said the doctor told him four to six weeks and he came back within two months in my head i was like wow man i need jj watts jeans because i have a lot of you know, injuries myself from my days of playing <laughs> basketball and everything like that. So I might, you know, get some of JJ's DNA. <laughs> I'll finish it off by talking about, you know, he's not super popular because you guys obviously took the popular newcomers. But I'm going to go with Rondo Moore because I feel like Kingsbury sought out this type of receiver. You know, the speedy, short, can get into holes that may, some other receivers might not get into. But, you know, Rondo Moore extended the field. You know, those, the lateral game, the quick game, the get the screen game, get them in open field and let them uh, do damage in that regard. I mean, remember that play against the Vikings where they had like eight, 12 seconds left on the clock or something like that. And they just, you know, passed that ladder, made that lateral pass and Ronda Moore got them within field goal range to, I believe, tied up before the half. But things like that, you know, he brought something different to this offense that, you know, Kingsbury hasn't had through his first three seasons in the NFL. So Ronda Moore, my newcomer of the year, hopefully he gets healthy. Hopefully he gets an expanded role heading into next season because we all know he's a talent. He has potential. He has the speed. He works hard. He's always one of the last guys getting off the field. He's always, you know, in the playbook around the facility, things like that. He's becoming a true professional in the NFL. Ronda Moore is my guy. And that'll do it for our Rise and Shine, our newcomers for the Arizona Cardinals in 2021. And we'll wrap it up with our last bringing home the bacon of this season. And I'll start it off by talking talking about, you know what, what offseason moves do the Arizona Cardinals have to make, you know, heading into next year to really elevate them, to get them back into, you know, postseason contention, things of that nature. And I would like to see them go after a shutdown corner because when I look around at the receivers in the NFC West specifically, I mean, the Seahawks have Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf. Uh, the 49ers have Debo Samuel, George Kittle, Brandon Ayuk. And of course, the Rams have 
arguably the best receiver in the NFL and Cooper Cup. OBJ has been a good addition. They're going to get Robert Woods back. So in my opinion, if they do go after a shutdown corner and you, you know, find a way to re-sign Chandler Jones, I think this defense is back uh, at playing at a high level. But hey, that's just me. There's a reason I'm not a GM. There's a reason that's above my pay grade. But if that was my wish list, I would obviously go uh, with those two things. Jody, what do you got? Yeah, I mean, I think I think you hit on it. That's an important role. Um, and we know how that depth was tested down the stretch in the secondary. And so you cannot have enough guys there. You need to have your top guys be elite and then and some good depth. But yeah, I'm going to go with um, offseason I do want, there's one that I didn't initially have on my list, but I not just cause I wasn't going to focus on it, but I will say, I think they were less, we found out quickly. They were less deep at wide receiver than we thought. I'm not sure what happened with AJ green, but it just went downhill. And uh, that was a guy that I think Kyler and the offense was really counting on. And, and, you know, he wasn't able to make as many catches as he maybe should have down that stretch. Um, but in the offseason, you know, one thing you look at of the two running backs are both free agents. And I think the market will determine a lot of it. But you already heard me gush about James Conner and uh, love Chase Edmonds as well. I mean, Chase Edmonds is a guy that can do a little bit of everything. And, you know, it definitely hurt this team when when he was down and out. But Conner had a bigger role. And and we did see, you know, Benjamin do some good things as well. And Jonathan Ward was injured at the end. But I, I think, you know, definitely I, I would love to see. Um, James Conner come back again we're going to know more a lot of that is just determined on what other teams are willing to pay and what the Cardinals are willing to pay given the other free agents that they have so that's going to be a big focus but I love what those two guys brought I thought it was a really good fit in this offense when they were both out there on the field which is what you hope for and then the other thing you look at is uh, linebacker um, you know, Jordan Hicks brought so much, but uh, you know, you just feel like he, he's a guy that was not really in the plan even this year, which is crazy to think about when you talk about what the Cardinals had laid out as the plan. And then you have Isaiah Simmons, how he took a big leap from last year to this year. I think, you know, still room to grow there, still more to learn about the game, but that physicality is there. And then Zayvon Collins is next in line. And I know, you know, it was disappointing because again, because the expectations were so high for him to come in, the fact that he even wasn't playing very much down the stretch. And you saw other guys like Joe Walker, Tanner Vallejo playing at linebacker. So I think Zayvon, there's no reason though why he shouldn't be able to take that step. Like we saw Isaiah Simmons go ahead and do. And then you've got those twin, you know, those um, as, as it was put two trees, two huge trees in the middle of your defense there. Um, but you know, again, and that's why when Rolanda, when you talked about JJ Watt, I mean, there's no substitute for leadership. So like Jordan Hicks, you know, you can't, a rookie's never going to bring that. But as Jordan said himself, he's worked closely with those guys the last few years, Zaven and Isaiah. And when it's time for them to take over, it's just time, whether they're ready or not, they'll have to figure that out. And, uh, hopefully they will do that. And that'll be something that we'll have to watch because there's no guarantees, but, um, hopefully that'll, that'll be a big focus. And that helps. You know, Felipe, you talked about the secondary, but, you know, it helps if you have that pressure up front. It it helps if you can stop the run. Um, All of these things kind of factor in to the general health of the defense. So those are a couple of things I'll look at for free agency and the offseason and what the Cardinals have to focus on. Um, You know, and, and again, it's not all about one game, but I think they really have to dissect what happened in that Rams game and offensively look for more high percentage 
plays. Uh, I know it easily comes down. You watch that game and you're like, okay, you're not getting the blocking. You're not getting, but how do you adjust? How do you adjust on the fly? And when things aren't quote on schedule, which they were for a lot of the first half of the season, you know, what do you do then? Yeah. And so those are the things that the greats are able to do and are able to, you know, whether it's coaches or quarterbacks, because a lot of it lands on the head coach and the quarterback, you know, how do you adjust when things aren't on schedule and, and how do you have plays that, um, you know, a lot of what we saw from Kyler, the magic came on third and fourth down at times and plays that are frankly quite low percentage. It's what can you bank on? You know, what can you bank on that will work? a higher percentage of the time. And I think that's something else they're going to look at in the off season. But uh, Craig, how about you? As far as the roster is concerned, you can make a compelling case guys for every single position on the football field, offense and defense needing an upgrade outside of the quarterback position. Now I'm going to focus on the offensive side and looking at a number two wide receiver. Same need from a year ago, and the Cardinals addressed it in both free agency and the draft. They might need to do it again because A.J. Green's a free agent. Christian Kirk's a free agent. You got DeAndre Hopkins coming back healthy. Rondell Moore, another year under his belt. He'll be a second-year player. But there are a lot of question marks when it comes to pass catchers, not the tight end position. I'd, I'd love to see Max Williams and Zach Ertz come back, but Wide receivers and that wide receiver opposite DeAndre Hopkins, can they, if Hopkins is gone, can they take some attention off D-Hop one, and then if you don't have DeAndre Hopkins on the football field, can he be that guy? Can he step into that role? I think we were all expecting that to be A.J. Green, and while his numbers this season were acceptable, they were fine, we just needed him to take that next step when you were without number 10. So... Number two wide receiver, a playmaker for Kyler Murray to throw to is what I want to see this team focus on again, whether it's free agency or the draft. But uh, someone to catch the football, stretch the field a little bit on the opposite side of DeAndre Hopkins. So that's where I'm going. Where are you going, Rolando? Mm, Good question. Felipe, what's the name of the segment? Morning Scramble. (laughs) No, the name of... of, Oh, bringing home home the bacon. Exactly. Let's bring in some more bacon, guys. We need protection for Kyler Murray. We need the big boys. We need the guys that's going to give them time from the pocket. We saw it early, right? And then it kind of just broke down a little bit. Yes, injury, COVID hit, everything hit, and it's going to continue to hit. There's not going to be a single season where everybody's going to feel great. Uh, Week 18, guys, that's never going to happen in the NFL. I can guarantee you that. But I think for sure, going against our division, D-line. You talk about Aaron Donald. He could be, you know, as aggressive as any defensive lineman there is in the NFL and can literally just dictate the way you block every single time. So you have to figure that out. You have to bring in somebody, whether it's through the draft, which I think there's going to be a great candidates this year, great, great talent in, in this draft class to kind of go up there. And we understand that, you know, our history does not really give us, you know, high draft picks on the O-line, but – if we find a gem there and somebody that comes in, Craig, Jody, and Felipe, that just is a shutdown guard, right? And he just benefits from a Rodney Hudson, benefits from having, you know, veterans on the offensive line. I think most definitely it'll benefit in the long term, Kyler Murray. I think we need more protection. We need more offensive linemen. And it's going to be one of those issues where let's find them, guys. And I think this year's draft class has a bunch of them. 
hopefully that's something that that is um you know looked at but for sure bringing home the bacon getting more bacon for kyler murray make sure he's not under duress the late part of the season that way he can do his job because we saw that playoff game i mean there was there what even a second while he was scrambling 12 13 yards back that's not the recipe you it doesn't matter the scheme that that kingsbury draws up it does not matter what kyler wants to do if you're running for your life within a, a second in the nfl it's going to be really tough to do anything so for me bringing home the bacon felipe moving forward get him more protection get a more uh, offensive line and if you want to develop these guys right along with kyler murray get them to the draft you know, this is a sad part because now I have to wrap up the show. It's been a good 20 weeks of doing the show. It's been 20 weeks of, you know, Craig dumping the table, of Rolando bringing, you know, the, the breakfast in the mornings, Jody giving us great insight and all that. So it's always, I get a little bit emotional needing to wrap up the show, but we have reached the end. I do want to give a special shout out to all of the Bird Gang. You know, we, from Jody, Craig, myself, Rolando, all the, digital department the broadcast department that has been tuning in with us week in and week out all the way from training camp to the last game of the season we do want to give you guys a big thank you for following along i hope you learned something from us i hope you put up with our silliness you put up with all the you know the bashing and the teasing and everything on this show that's that's what we try to do for everybody you know mondays after a win or after a loss specifically when it's a little bit more stressful we try to be the be the bright light for all of the bird game a special thank you to all of you guys a special thank you to jody craig and rolando for joining me this season uh, it's been fun uh, sorry if I, you know, dictated it a little bit too much. You know, I am the host. I do, I do like to run things a little bit, organize everything. Uh, you, gotta be, our- you gotta be our leader. We love it. I'm gonna miss you guys. I mean, you know, my every Monday or you know the yeah. occasional. Uh, we had a few different games. I think we had a Friday one after the Thursday. Yeah. But I'm gonna miss you guys a lot. And Jacob, thanks for your support, Jacob Ortiz. And uh, I don't know if I'm missing anyone else on that yeah. side of things, but. Guys, I guess I'll, I'll resist the temptation to uh, zoom, try to zoom you in on a Monday, but I will miss it. And uh, you guys, fantastic job all year. Everyone in the behind the scenes, Jacob Ortiz, like Jody may, mentioned there, our executive producer, Kelly Tidwell, uh, helping with all the graphics, Jackson Snipes, that's taking uh, control of, uh, of streaming us on Twitter. Everybody had a role to play. Thank you, thank you, thank you. We hope you have a good rest of your well, the playoffs, sadly, that the Cardinals are into it. But, hey, what can we do about it? Have a good, good rest of your week, and we'll see you guys in about four or five months.